It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus today in the state of New York. We're at the University at Buffalo, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Okay, thank you so much for the warm welcome. We travel the country and bring uh, stories of inspiration and community service to our national audience. And today we land in Buffalo, New York, with the Buffalo Bulls uh, Division I college football team in the MAC. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And we are with quarterback Tony Daniel. Hi, how are you? Is it Daniels or Daniel? Daniel. Daniel. Tony Daniel is here with us. Uh, six foot five, 122 pounds. Close, 205. 205, okay. Well, you look skinny, man. Gain some weight. Too many salads. Have a burger. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll, I'll have one of those. We're going to the dinner a little later on. Okay. Well, Tony uh, was voted on uh, by his team to be the person that we interview about your team's um, service through the community, working with kids. What do you guys do? Um, we go around to different schools in the community, um, just looking to do field days, get kids out, um, have a good time with them, teach them some sports, teach them football drills, um, just just really getting them out to, to show them what it's like to be a Division One college athlete, um, being in school and, and keeping that, that um, in the forefront if you want to become a Division One athlete. So the last field day, it's, uh, it's an athletic, I guess, or, uh, day with the kids. They get out of class. You guys can do some drills with them. Um, do you just peg them with your with your quarterback arm, like that like Peyton Manning uh, Saturday Night Live skit? Are you just throwing it as hard as you can to yeah. knock a kid down? Yeah, we do that sometimes just to, <laughs> to, to keep them honest. But uh, we have a lot of fun. It's, it's good to have them out there and, and get them out to our games. We like having those kind of kids because we were going to those things when we were that age. So it was pretty fun. Well, that's fantastic. We love these stories of integrity and community service. It motivates not only me, but everybody listening to get up off our couch and make a difference in our community. So, Tony, thanks for joining us. Let's have one more round of applause for everybody here at University of Buffalo in upstate New York. Thank you so much for hosting The Adam Ritz Show. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Continuing at the state University of New York, Buffalo, also known as UB, also known as University at Buffalo. We're with the head coach of the Buffalo Bulls college football team. He's Lance Leipold. Hi, Lance. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I want to thank you for your time. I know you're busy as a head coach, but we love getting the perspective of head coaches um, with some of the social issues that we cover on this public affairs broadcast. Uh, Issues like academics, how important that is, community service, character, integrity, fatherhood. I understand you're a family man, so let's touch on some of these uh, issues. Let's start with fatherhood. Uh, um, How tough is it with such a demanding, uh, time-consuming job as a head coach for a Division I college football team to to spend time with your kids? I mean, that's got to be a drain on you. It it is a balancing act. You know, it's one that sometimes puts a strain on a family, to be quite honest. But uh, just this past Friday was my daughter's birthday, and it's tough when the season starts uh, and and you're not always there for for your children's birthday, especially as fast as time flies by. But we we try to make sure that we we carve out times at a certain time of the year where we get away as a family and we like to get to the beach and go down south and do things. And you try to be there for as many time things as you can. And 
sometimes you just got to find that you're going to make time. And, and it means if you work a little later or get up a little earlier, you make sure you do it and, and you try to be there for them as well as be uh, sometimes a father figure for many other uh, you know players within your program. You just touched on the topic I wanted to bridge next. You're a father figure for your own players. Um, some of these guys across America, whether you're a student athlete or not, maybe don't have a father figure from home. Um, how does that, I guess, balancing act, as you put it, come across to those guys? You're not only their head coach or mentor, but maybe you're their, their dad too. Yeah, and as, as well as our nine assistant coaches. And, and a lot of times we have to do that mentoring for them. It's amazing uh, as the years go by that you you meet with these young men when during the recruiting process and there's only one one parent or sometimes no parent in the room helping them make such a lifelong decision, not just a four-year football decision or academic, a 40-year decision for their life and career path. And so we have to do that. And, and one thing we've always believed in is structure and discipline. And, and it starts with small things. And one of our first things we talk about is being on time. And, and if you can't be on time, it's hard to hold the job. So mm -hmm. we, we try to hit that right away in the program of how important that is. It shows respect. It shows that it's important to you. Um, just little things like that, being coachable, coachable in the classroom, coachable in the training room, just those things that allow you to to be able to get better at anything that you want to do. And then the other thing we would like to talk about is just giving effort. You know, we're not talking about whether it, it, it's a letter grade or a bench press or, or, or touchdowns or tackles. It's just about giving the maximum effort that, that the good Lord's given you that you have a chance to be the best person you can be. That's fantastic advice for, for your kids as a dad. It's great for your players as a coach. That's so great to hear. And you touched on academics. Um, that's one of the things that uh, uh, I'm not going to say on average to most head coaches is not that important. But let's face it, your job is to coach football. It's not necessarily to teach trigonometry. Um, but as a dad, I'm sure academics is important with your kids. Uh, how do you balance that with your players? That you want you want them to know this trick play for third down, but in the back of your mind, you know they've got to have those academics there as well. Well, I think the NCAA has a has a great structure, of course, for to maintain eligibility. And I think at a school here like Buffalo that that we have is. Uh, New York's flagship university. We're an AAU accredited university. So there's a lot of things that are naturally in place at, at the situation we're at right now. And, and we have a, a great academic support system um, within athletics too that give our give our players that uh, the extra support that they need. But I, I think they also have to understand, as I mentioned earlier, football's not going to be there forever. And there's got to be some things that, that are going to pave the way for the future. And showing that, that balance and what, the, what an athletic scholar can do for them to open up other doors is something that they have to make sure they maintain and we we make sure we keep a good emphasis on that and I think the players that we have here right now are doing that. Head coach Lance Leipold joining us University at Buffalo uh, football squad and uh, I want to talk now about community service uh, both with your team what uh, what your guys do and maybe uh, personally with you and your family maybe you and your wife are involved with uh, some benefits or charities what's important to you? Well, I think, first of all, for our, our players, as we say, there's, they've been given this opportunity. We all have certain platforms that we're allowed that, that you know, young people or, or even adults get into, you know, football and, and college athletics. So we have, um, you know, you know, getting into schools is very important for us here. Uh, Tim Edwards, our defensive line coach, helps uh, that as, as well as Julie O'Neill, our, our administrative assistant. And we have a lot of our players are getting out there. Personally, being in a new area, we haven't quite been able to dive into everything, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things with, with youth and, and boys and girls clubs and things like that. Personally, uh, uh, we've had a, 
you know, a fair amount of cancer in my family. I lost my mother to cancer. Those are things um, um, also like to get involved in. I'm a recipient of a cornea transplant, so organ donation is wow. something that that's important, I think, and hopefully something as we move forward here in, in western New York that, that my wife and I can continue to get involved in. But anytime you can just give, um, but, you know, when you have the opportunity uh, of being blessed and uh, as we have been as a family, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to make our mark as, as we go through this. Well, I want to wrap up by mentioning uh, that you like to vacation with your family on the beach. Uh, hot weather, warm weather. You are uh, the coach in maybe one of the coldest parts of America, Buffalo, New York. You um, had huge, enormous national success at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, winning national champions um, at the D2 level or D3 level. Which level? D3. D3. D3 level. Now it's D1, and you've, you've bounced from one horrible winter to the next horrible winter. Um, so are you a cold weather guy? Well, you learned to be where, where you're at. But uh, I, I think one thing we have to make sure we let people know is that uh, uh, our summers here in Buffalo, much like Wisconsin, are beautiful. We take advantage of that. You learn to deal with snow, and then w w when, when, you, when you have a break, you, you find a beach somewhere and enjoy that time as well. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Coach Lance Leipold, University at Buffalo, head football coach. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much, Adam. Hi, I'm Luke Christie, the National Youth Chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. For more information and to make a donation to MDA, please visit us online at mda.org. Thanks. And now, back to The Adam Ritz Show. The show rolls on from Manhattan, Kansas, on the campus of Kansas State University. We are with Corey Pinkett. Hi, Corey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Honored to have you on the show. Corey, uh, you work with the athletic department at K-State, and uh, your official title is? Director of Life Skills. Life Skills. That's mm -hmm. a big one uh, that we cover on this show. Uh, for your student-athletes, I, I can guess and probably know that they're fast, they're strong, they're quick, and they're athletic. You deal with them outside of that world to make sure they have life skills to to compete in the real world with honor, character, integrity, and stuff like that, right? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of my work is on the professional development side, so their careers, the soft skills that they need to be able to transition into a professional atmosphere. But then we also do personal development, so that character, that integrity, that leadership training to make sure that they're getting everything they need to succeed not only academically, but also athletically, and then in their professional world. So it's it's really neat and fun work. <laughs> so professional development, yeah. um, I could have used you 25 years ago, by the way. Sorry, uh, you're, you're preparing uh, young college student athletes, the Wildcats at K-State, mm -hmm. to be the next wave of of uh, members of corporate America. I mean, uh, which is, you know, I can understand it's hard to get uh, in front of a, a, a male or female student athlete that just wants to play sports and kick butt at it. Oh, yeah. You have to get their attention to say, okay, and here's how you can use that tenacity to also have a great job in corporate America. Do they like hearing that kind of stuff from you? It's all about packaging, and that's something I learned very quickly because you don't want to be the type of person that kills dreams, but you also want to be realistic with them about what happens next. So a lot of my approach is whenever you're done playing your sport. So it's not after you graduate college, you're immediately going into a career. That's not really how I approach it because 
some of my players will hear that. And in their minds, it's me telling them they can't play professionally. So I like to approach it from whenever you're done, whenever that is, whether that's after college, whether you play for a few years professionally, whether you have a career playing professionally and you're there for 10 years and now you're 30, but what are you going to do? Um, I like to tell them that these skills that we're learning, these skills that you're tra getting trained in are things you'll be able to use for the rest of your life. So let's practice on some of those things. You wouldn't go on the football field or in, <clears throat> excuse me, on a court or at a tennis court and play without having practiced, without having trained, without having strengthened some of those skills that you'll need to be successful. So I don't expect you to go into an interview or walk into the first day on a job without having trained and practiced some of those skills that you'll need to be able to successfully work in that atmosphere. So I like to give them a realistic way to look at that career development and that professional development so that it's a lot easier for them to kind of wrap their head around it. But it's still difficult because you don't want to give up something you've been doing for your entire life. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to kind of see that end of the tunnel picture while you're still actively engaged and wanting to be champions and wanting to be conference champions and wanting to succeed. Um, so it's all about that balance. <laughs> yeah, that was a great game Saturday, but you need to get a job next year. Um, do you have a success story for I'll put you on the spot. Do you have a success story of, uh, of a male or female student athlete, uh, even if you don't want to use their name, that uh, came to your office early on, maybe sophomore year, and you were like, I don't know how this person's going to do in a job interview. And then all of a sudden, senior year, they nail it. And now they're 26 and they're in the job force and they've got an awesome job. Who is that person? I actually do. And I will actually use their name because I was super proud of this person. So before I got to K-State, I worked at the University of Central Florida and was assistant director of student services there. And one of my students named Curlin Williams, who's on the football team, and he came in as a junior and got involved in our career development programming and was one of those that didn't really know what he wants to do like most because he had never had experience in anything. So he tried to pursue the professional route and that didn't work out. So then he's back into my office like, okay, Corey, what do I do next? What do I need to do? And we worked. We looked at jobs. We applied. We put, we put him out there really and forced him to make some connections and go talk to some people. And he bounced around a few different places and got into some sales positions. And he had always wanted to work in sport but didn't really know how. And then I got on LinkedIn a couple of days ago and saw that he's working with the Orlando Magic as a ticket sales rep. And I sent him an email just congratulating him on the new role and him being finally being where he wants to be after three years. And and he was like, well, it's all because of you and you forced me to do all that stuff I really didn't think I wanted to do, but it worked out in my favor. So it's, it's moments like that that really make me value the work that I do because sometimes it's difficult when yeah. people don't want to do it or you're looking at folks and they're like, why do we have to be here? Or is it mandatory? Do we have to go? And I'm like, I promise it's going to help you. I promise. And then you get those success stories and you know. That's yeah. why you do it. It sounds to me like you've got some courtside seats coming to an Orlando <laughs> Magic game so. coming up. Corey awesome. Pinkett is our guest, uh, Life Skills Coordinator at K-State, Kansas State University. You also deal with um, uh, addiction, not necessarily addiction, I guess, but just uh, alcohol and drug use and misuse uh, with education, I guess, and programming with your student-athletes. Yes, we... Again, we try to be proactive with the programming that we bring in and really want to make sure we're educating our students on some of these things that they'll deal with as college students. So whether Yeah, no, I'm not I didn't not. bring that up because oh, there's no, a problem I, here. No, it's no, just no. you said it. But, you're being proactive. Yes, I mean, we're all adults. These are college students. They might they might be in a, situ a situation mm -hmm. where there's a party. 
that's uh, they need to know this stuff. Fancy that. Oh, absolutely. And we we have training in place. So every freshman or transfer student that comes into K-State, they get sexual harassment training. We have workshops every spring for football where we'll talk about drugs and alcohol. We'll bring in speakers like yourself to talk to them and we'll touch on financial planning. We'll touch on some of that other stuff that they need, stuff that they might not have been taught or they weren't taught at home and they come here and they're in a new environment and they have these targets on their back because they're athletes at a D1 institution and we're on ESPN and they're in the limelight and everybody wants to be friends with them and everybody wants to give them drinks and everybody wants to do all these different things, but decisions are important and there's consequences to those decisions. So if we can be proactive and we can educate and let them know hey, yeah, I know everybody in your neighborhood back home smoked weed, but if you smoke weed here, you get kicked off the team. Yeah. I mean, being real realistic about some of that different stuff so that, one, their names are not in headlines because that's not what we want. But so they know, and they don't have to deal with some of those negative consequences that are a result of a quick decision or a quick lapse in judgment. So we, we do. We try to be proactive. There's always room to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for sure. There are things that we can continue to be doing better, but whatever we can do to make sure we're giving them the resources and the education that they need to make informed decisions and to make wise decisions, that's what we're here to do. Do you like purple? I do, actually. I didn't have that much when I moved here and took this position, but now I'm getting a lot more purple, and purple does look good on my skin, so (laughs) I do. I like it a lot. That's, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that would come to K-State just because of the purple. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it it was so weird because you come here and everything's purple. Everything's K-State. Everything's about the Wildcats. And that's another thing, again, going back to who I am and what I do. I preach that to our students all the time. You're in the perfect situation to set yourself up and network like crazy because you're in a town where everybody loves you. And this whole town is about K-State, K-State pride, and Wildcat pride. So use that to your advantage. I mean, that can have a negative effect, though, if you're the one that's doing crazy things in Aggieville. But use that to your advantage and set yourself up for whenever it's time for you to transition into something else. What's the most ridiculous thing you own that's purple? Like cowboy boots or that maybe a, a alumni gave you or, or uh, your boss gave you for a holiday present, uh, that you, a belt, purple. suspenders, something that you'll never wear, a, cow, a giant purple cowboy <laughs> hat. never wear. <laughs> well, ironically, so this is it's ridiculous to me. I don't know if you'll think it's ridiculous. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for a wedding, I had to get purple toms to go under our wedding dress. And this was before I even... I even knew I was coming to K-State. And then I got here, and everybody's always like, where'd you get those purple toms? They are so cool. And I was like, it was a wedding. It was like a wedding gift that I had to wear for a wedding. It's not a big deal. But nobody apparently wore purple toms. So All right. So we I learned about purple neat. toms. And <laughs> now you're giving me an idea. I might go just buy a case or a pallet full of purple toms and go down to campus and sell them uh, by the union. Uh, you make some good money, I'm just saying. Might not be a good, might not be a bad side gig. <laughs> Well, Corey, uh, we thank you for coming on the show. It's Corey Pinkett, Life Skills at K-State. Wish you the best of luck and can't wait to watch how your career grows. Before I let you go, what would you, you're fairly young. What would you like to do in 10 or 20 years? You want to be an athletic director? You know what? I thought about it, but I really value my relationships with my students. So I feel like as an athletic director, though I can make decisions that would benefit them, I wouldn't get that day-to-day interaction. And I really like to see the development of our students and that growth. 
So I'd say in about 10 years, I'd like to have my own organization probably that helps prepare high school students for their transition into college and teaches them some of those life skills that we're now teaching college students because they didn't have them. Yep. All right. We'll bring you back on the show and talk about that when you start that. <laughs> Again, good. thanks so much. Best of luck. Thank you. Pleasure having you. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. And we thank you for checking out The Adam Ritz Show. We do our best to bring you the most interesting guests from across the planet. And uh, today and right now, we're proud to bring you Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Bell, how are you? Man, good. Thanks for having me on. Is it okay if I just call you Rob? That's perfect. You uh, look look friendly enough that I can get away with uh, calling you Rob. You know, let's get that off the plate right now. When you meet people... Um, if they just call you Rob without asking first, is that is that disrespectful? Or uh, I, I'm not a doctor, I, and I'll probably never be one. So this is kind of some research for me. I will have people actually do the opposite. They will call me Dr. Bell, and I say, just call me Rob. And there's an old saying, like, we we meet people or we understand people in the light that we met them. And so I would tell them all day long, look, call me Rob, and they still call me Dr. Bell. So I really just quit trying to beat that horse, and whatever they want to call me is perfectly fine. Some people call me Dr. Rob, Dr. Bell, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I always quit worrying about it. Well, I met you in a pretty informal setting with a pink golf shirt on. I'll call you Rob. Absolutely. What's Pink Friday? I wear, I wear pink on every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bell is our guest, and you um, excel in the field of mental conditioning. Um, is your training and your, your uh, industry, I guess. You, you're an author. I want to talk about a book you wrote called Mental Toughness, Training for Golf. Um, first of all, tell us uh, about your background as a doctor in the field of mental conditioning, or, or maybe correct me, maybe you're, maybe you're a dentist. I don't know, and you just got into mental conditioning. I don't know. Yeah, I work with uh, mental toughness. So I'm a sports psychology coach, and I help all athletes with and coaches and teams on it's really just about playing your best when it matters the most. And then the other part about mental toughness is how do we deal and how do we handle that adversity that every single one of us is going to face. Okay, so mental toughness, you work with teams and athletes. The book, Mental Toughness Training for Golf, you've worked with PGA professional golfers. Yeah, I was you know, blessed enough. I've had a couple guys that have won on tour, and I will caddy on tour for, for my clients uh, probably a couple times a year. I'm a good caddy. I'm not a great caddy. Those guys that are out there every single week are great caddies, and they're there for a reason. But, uh, yeah, I love, I love working with um, really all my golfers. It's such a mental game. Well, our listeners, uh, you know, you don't have to be a professional athlete, a professional golfer, to get something out of your expertise, uh, real sports, mimics, real life. Um, I'm a bad golfer, but I'm sure I can learn something from you that I can apply to my everyday life as our listeners can too. What are some of the topics in the book, uh, mental toughness training for golf that can kind of translate to everyday life for an everyday non-golfer? The biggest thing is we play like we train and the biggest, and you're always going to hear coaches and athletes talk about it the same way. I mean, our preparation. So in one way or another, how we prepare is going to indicate how we play. And if we have a presentation, if we have a sales pitch, anything, and we're not prepared, that's where the nervousness and that's where the anxiety can creep in there because we know we're not prepared. And I always say this, is the best athletes, uh, well, the really good ones, the good athletes practice until they get it right. But the best, they practice until they can't get it wrong. And that's how good we have to be in whatever our field is. 
practice until you can't get it wrong. There's the slogan for you. Dr. Rob Bell is our guest, and we're talking mental conditioning, mental toughness. Uh, what are some of the success stories you've had on the tour? I mean, if you're, uh, if you're allowed to name some, some big-name players that you've worked with. Well, I like to not name their names, and then I can talk about them. Okay, then let's, uh, let's just call them Jan and, or any fake name and then uh, tell the story. Sure, Jan. Uh, this is this a, is this a success story? Or is this one of my failures? Uh, oh, a success, a success story. Oh, okay. Because the failures are a lot easier to talk about. <laughs> I, I try to take it. I never hit one of the shots. I've never hit a shot. So those guys, again, their names are on the bag for a reason. But um, you know, to be able to help a golfer get through, uh, you know, kind of the mini the mini tour levels and to help them get on the nationwide tour and then eventually win on uh, on the PJ tour is the busy, is the biggest success. And what I tell every single golfer is this, and every type of, every type of athlete is we are all getting ready for that one moment where we have to come through, and it's too late to prepare at those moments. So that's the importance of being mentally tough, and that's the importance of mental condition. Is we don't know who that person or who that moment's going to be. But we are going to encounter it, and that's when we've got to be ready. Have you uh, been on? I mean, you say you've, you've caddied. You've you've been on the tour during play as a as a coach, standing right there with with a professional golfer. Do they have they come up to you between shots and not asked you should I use a seven iron here? But they've, have they said, "Hey, Doc, talk me off the ledge here." When uh, the the best part about being a caddy is it's the only person that can talk to the player like during a round, and to be able to give them advice, uh-huh. and um, you know there's an old adage about caddying is that uh, you know we shot 67, he shot 74 like as a caddy, <laughs> so the same thing with coaches and um, the absolute best part is uh is caddies can't ride the emotions they can't ride the roller coaster that a player is going to go through and the caddy has to understand their player and they've got to caddying is all about timing with anything and it's just about knowing what the player is thinking before that they're going to think it and a lot of times it's just giving them confirmation about their own decisions and uh, and just one way or another having belief in in what they're trying to do so if you're doing mental conditioning with with golfers, and not just golfers, but professional golfers, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but golf is probably the game that has the most mental aspect to it. Um, You are even more uber qualified to work with other athletes on a mental conditioning level. I mean, I golf, and it's absolutely true. If if you're not right in the head, you're going to play bad. As soon as you believe you're going to hit a bad shot, you're going to hit a bad shot. It's the most mental, it's the most mental game out there, and that's the game you're working with. D- does that help how you work with the other games that aren't quite so mental? You know, sometimes I'll, I'll, when people that don't play golf, it really looks easy, and so you got to have them just just play around the golf. You'll understand about how difficult it is to play and. I always use this. Sports, we've heard this, right? Sports is 90% mental. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lie. I think sports is 90% physical. Everything that we see in golf, every uh, kick that a field goal kicker is going to do in basketball, every shot, I'm watching something physical. Mm-hmm. But it's that last 10%, that's the mental part. And so that's the part. If we don't take care of that last 10%, it doesn't matter how good we are in that 90% because we can't unlock it. It's it's that last ten percent. That's what I work with on the athletes, and that's the part that that unlocks. It's the hinge to that other ninety percent. With the book 
mental toughness, training for golf. Um, available, what, Amazon? Uh, Google it. What do you do? Yeah, Amazon's always the best place, you okay. bet. Okay, Dr. Rob Bell and the book Mental Toughness Training for Golf. With this book and the feedback you've heard from users and readers, what are some of the, we don't want to give away the goat here, but uh, what, what's some of the best parts inside here? What do you hear from your readers? Hey, Doc, I loved this part. I can I can give it away for free. This was 2010, so I don't I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Uh, well, you're still selling it, though. Oh, right, right, right. I can't <laughs> give it away for free, but I can always tell the nuggets in there. The book was this. There was a gap on how do we prepare. Like, how do we work on the mental game while we're preparing? And I think that's across all different sports is can we really replicate what this six-foot putt's going to be like in order to win a tournament? And the answer is I believe in one way or another you can. If you put yourself in those, in those type of situations that create pressure in practice. So that's what the book is all designed to do is how can we create pressure in practice that's, again, going to um, how we play is how we train. And that's what I think the importance thing is, is we can put ourselves in pressure and practice. Uh, playing the game is then it's fun. We don't get stressed out and we can focus easier because we got to understand where does our mind go under pressure. Well, I'm ready to go play now and uh, hit that six-foot putt. Our guest is Dr. Rob Bell, mental condition uh, mental conditioning and um, sports psychology is his field of expertise. We're going to bring you back on the show in the future to talk about uh, your other books, a future book you're writing, um, how you work with athletes, and how this uh, information can apply to everyday citizens and non-athletes like, like I am now. Uh, before we let you go, let's get your properties out there, Twitter, Facebook, website, anything you want to share with our listeners. Sure. It's, uh, well, Twitter is at Dr. Rob Bell, and my website is uh, drrobbell.com. If they go on my website, they can download a free film. It's called No Fear, A Simple Guide to Mental Toughness. And I've got a newsletter that goes out every single Friday on uh, how to become mentally tough. Dr. Bell, I'll call you Rob. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was fun. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.